0: What's up everybody, Richard back today with another episode of The Warped Report, and man, oh man, we've had some stuff go down, not, like, in terms of quantity of news, not a lot, but of course we're going to touch on that, you know, the whole Slipknot, Machine Gun Kelly feud, Spirit Box, Rebel Rock Festival, and a few songs that came out, so let's dive into it right away. Most of you have probably seen this already by now, but... Corey Taylor, you know, after Machine Gun Kelly was on stage at that festival, he said, you know, being a weird 50-year-old guy wearing a mask, yada, yada, yada. Corey Taylor has struck back with receipts of a conversation that he had with Travis Barker related to this here, which Machine Gun Kelly uh, brings up saying, Corey did a verse for a song on Tickets to My Downfall album. It was effing terrible, so I didn't use it. He got mad about it and talked crap to a magazine about the same album he was almost on. Y'all stories are off. Just admit he's bitter. So basically with this, what he's referring to is Corey Taylor did a an interview with a magazine in which he talked about people switching from one genre to another and you know kind of speaking down on that. And you know, he didn't directly say machine gun Kelly, but you knew that's who he was referring to. So machine uh so Corey comes out on Twitter, and he shows these receipts of what happened. I'm going to pull up the tweet here real quick. Okay. So you have Travis Barker pretty much saying, Hey, man, cool, Uh, look at these notes. Uh, uh, So, you know, just gave like, you know, this is pretty standard stuff here. Of course, not for maybe somebody of Corey's stature, but... You know, like I remember, you know, being in a band, it's not uncommon to, you know, be talking to somebody about who's going to be featuring on a track or who's producing a track. You're like, hey, man, this is cool, but what about this? I got a few notes, yada, yada, yada. So then Corey responded back with, hey, man, sorry, uh, Mr. Cobb, blah, blah, blah. He said, listen, this isn't for me. Totally fine. Listen to me, when you're a person of Corey's stature, you know, you don't need to take every. Feature job, you're going to have. You know, it is what it is. You don't really need to do that. So then, from here, Machine Gun Kelly responded back and said, basically, your verse was really bad. Respectfully, I was just telling you to rewrite it because it was really bad. Respectfully, let's just do a Britney Spears cover song together. And I retweeted this along with this one because the saga continues, man. So. Here, so then a machine. So I, the next thing I wanted to bring up too is Machine Gun Kelly was relentlessly booed during a performance at a metal fest last night by Slipknot fans. Uh, that's not a surprise. I guess when I think about this situation, you know, I'm I've been memeing around a lot on on uh, social media and stuff like that, talking about how Machine Gun Kelly is keeping uh, metal uh, news people in business. I mean, hey, listen, we're getting so, we're getting some mileage out of this story. You know what I mean? But so. The way that I look at this story is this. Obviously, it started like everything was cool. Machine Gun Kelly wanted him to be featured. He said no. And then he did. I mean, Corey did kind of, you know, reference him in that interview uh, talking about, you know, failing in one genre and going to another. Which, by the way, Machine Gun Kelly did not fail in rap. I mean, the guy was a highly... Billboard charting artist. So he did very, very well. I'm not really... I can't name any Machine Gun Kelly songs besides Rap Devil. You know, like, I'm not super into it. But he wasn't a failure. So when Corey's saying that, I mean, that definitely sets up for some more heat and animosity. You know, should Machine Gun Kelly have done that on stage? I guess, like, the way that I think about it is that, like, I totally understand, you know, wanting to say something that's kind of outlandish, Um, and, you know, you're trying to capture some attention, you know, trying to be a heel and whatnot. But uh, I know that Finn McKenty had had mentioned this, and this is exactly right. You know, it's like, it's cool if you want to act that way and you know you're going to get more fans, but if you're doing it and it's a net negative, like, it's not really by virtue. I mean, it's not a positive for you, you know? It's just not. So I I don't think Corey should have said anything like that, but then I think Machine Gun Kelly also shot himself in the foot, uh, with a more rock or metal audience, or I think is what he's trying to you know kind of tap into a little bit. So it is what it is. Uh, we'll see with how this continues to evolve. But this was uh, this was this has been quite the saga so far. I'm I'm digging it. I'm I am digging it. But next, Spearbox they debuted in the top fifteen, charting at number thirteen on the Billboard Top 200. Uh, so it says here referencing Eternal Blue, the record tallied roughly 23,000 album-equivalent units during its first week of release in the United States. Of that total, some 19,000 were pure sales. That's crazy. Propelling Eternal Blue to a number three showing on the top album sales chart, and of course they topped rock albums, hard rock, vinyl albums, Um, And then in addition to their success in the U.S. chart, Spearbox Eternal Blue cracked the top 20 in Germany and the United Kingdom and bowed in the the top 10 in Australia. So, yeah, the album did incredibly well, like, by metrics and all that. Like, I had a feeling they were going to chart, obviously, quite high in the Billboard Top 200. I mean, that's just what it seemed like. Uh, you know, this wasn't going to be like an outside of the top two hundred thing. I knew they were going to be inside the top two hundred. Uh, I thought they'd be in the top twenty five, but man, thirteen—that's crazy. Uh, you know, nineteen thousand pure sales, especially in twenty twenty one—that is absurd. That right there is a fan base that really cares about the success of the band, and uh, that's just that just speaks volumes because. I can't remember exactly what the conversion is for, like, an album, but I think it's, like, a thousand, uh, I, I, again, I, I, I just, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything incorrectly, so, um, I know that it's, it's a substantial amount of streams, which equates to a, an album sale, like, it's quite a lot, so, 19,000 pure sales, that's definitely gonna, obviously, help, and with that, that propelled them way up there, so, Good on them, uh, very fantastic record. It's one of my top three albums of the year so far. So what a phenomenal job by Spearbox, cracking into the top 15. You know who didn't crack into the top 15 of anything And that, uh, you know, top 15 festivals? Nope, Rebel Rock. They canceled it. Uh, you guys have probably already seen this by now, but just hours before it was a, a, like supposed to formally kick off, they uh, they canceled it, which is pretty pretty messed up if you ask me. They said the ground conditions, you know, weren't good, blah, 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 blah. What was really cool is I saw some bands kind of putting on some free shows around the area to kind of make up for that, and that's really cool. This is just, uh, this is awful. I mean, festivals have been, uh, I don't know, like uh, like Blue Ridge Rock Festival, there's a lot of horror stories coming out of there. Rebel Rock's obviously canceled. I heard that Furnace Fest, which recently just happened at the time of this recording, you know, went off very well. Minus, I think, Notalus's singer being like uh, beat up by security or something like that for crowd surfing. But either way, uh, you know, listen, man, festivals, uh, festivals are cool. I, I think, um, I think so. Obviously, with Rebel Rock being canceled, I mean that is that is unconscionable to happen just a few hours before it actually happens. But for like blue Ridge rock festival, I mean, they really kind of did something at a scale that is absolutely absurd. And, uh, I just don't know if they kind of had the, uh, the correct, uh, you know, uh, people running the show necessarily in terms of like organization, everything like that. I think, I think, I think it was a little bit too big for the britches. Um, but, you know, the festival like that is crazy. But I know we're talking about Rebel Rock here, right? But I, I, I'm just glad to see that. I saw uh, some bands, like I said, were doing some free shows to kind of make up for this, which is awesome. But this this really sucks. And uh, I think this will probably make people think twice about going to Rebel Rock in the future, without a doubt. I mean, I, I don't know if I would, especially if you traveled from wherever to go and then they cancel it. That is awful. But now... Stick to your guns, Released the new song, More of Us Than Them. This song was awesome. This featured a breakdown that Tom Searle, who, you know, recently passed away. Not, not like, you know, recently in terms of like the last year or so, but relatively recently, a guitar player for uh, Architects passed away. And he actually, he wrote a breakdown, but he thought it was more Stick to Your Guns-esque, and he sent it to Jesse Barnett, the front man of Stick to Your Guns. And he said, listen, this is more Stick to Your Guns than Architects, and they use that breakdown in this song. This was a chonky song, man. This was a really cool track. I highly, highly enjoyed it. I checked it out over on my Twitch stream, twitch.tv slash Richard Jammer. Next up, Whitechapel released a brand new song titled A Blood Soaked Symphony. Listen, man, I was... I liked the first single, Lost Boy, but it was a little bit like, okay, like this is okay, like this is cool. I had like that tool bridge in there, uh, you know, very chaotic, and then softer. It was okay, but a blood-soaked symphony, man. This was the White that I know and love. Absolutely disgusting track. I love this. The video had me in trance. If you have not seen the video. See, I got to talk to you about something real quick, okay, guys? Listen, if you're one of these people that goes out and listens to music on Spotify and you never watch the video, you are missing out because the video to this song and the video to a lot of other tracks are really cool. Of course, you know, there's a lot of genting in colored rooms. I totally understand that. But the video for this song was impeccable. Um, David Brodsky directed it. I don't know who David Brodsky is, but... What a phenomenal freaking job, man. And their album, Kin, is going to be coming out October 29th on Metal Blade Records. And then, this is pretty cool. I did not expect to see a new Azaleigh Dying song, but we got one here titled Roots Below. I guess this was supposed to be a B-side from their previous record, Shaped by Fire. Um, This was a fun track. Cool chorus, no breakdown, couple of solos. Solid track. I mean, nothing that's going, nothing's gonna make me go wild or anything like that. Um, But uh, you know, you have a quote here that says it's been refreshing to get back to the creative process with the team of songwriters being intact that we have been writing with that have been writing with me since they joined the band. The lyrics were influenced by someone I recently met who shared a story of trauma with me and would have destroyed most people. Yet from that struggle came strength, openness, and growth that inspired me. Uh so that's uh that was a quote there uh from uh from Tim Lambesis, I th- I think. It doesn't actually even say oh yeah it does, yeah. Tim Lambesis, okay. Uh so yeah, I like I said the track was pretty cool. Nothing too crazy, but you know, your your typical standard as they lay dying kind of tracks, some really fun riffs. Uh, you know, Tim was doing some different kind of vocals in this one too, like trying to go like super low and you kinda of have like some uh some blackish metal type of screams in here as well. Couple solos, no breakdown, which you know, I listen, I love my hey, listen, okay, I love my breakdown. So when there's no breakdown, I'm a little sad, but you know, I thought it was a cool track nonetheless, man. And uh looking forward to some more as I dying post Nick Hippa era. With that said, everybody, that is it for this week's episode of the Warped Report. What's going what do you what what side are you like listen, remove the emotions out of it, okay? Look at it just from facts and whatnot. Whose side are you want, Machine Gun Kelly or Corey Taylor? I'm probably, I'm sure you're going to say Corey Taylor. Spearbox in the top 15, charting at number 13. What are your thoughts on that? Were you supposed to go to Rebel Rock Festival? If somebody out there was actually supposed to go to Rebel Rock Festival, man, I want to hear from you. And then what did you think of the Stick to Your Guns White chap on as Dime track? Let me know in the comments down below. And until next week's episode of the Warped Report, I'm out of here. Peace.